Hello, my friend. Welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary. My name is Christy. I am your host or hostess. Honestly, I'm never really sure what term is actually appropriate, but I will just say I am your host for this podcast. And thank you so much for being here. So, you know, like small talk, right? Like, wow, the the weather's really great today. The sun is shining brightly or what are your plans for the day? I'm not great at that. Like, yes, I can engage in those conversations, but that's not what I love. That's not what ignites inspiration and excitement in me. Deep, introspective conversations where I learn about myself through a conversation with someone else where I also learn stuff about them. That's what I love. That's what gets me excited. That's what gets me pumped up. And I hope that that's what this conversation is for you because that's what it was for me. So without further ado, let's get on to that deep conversation, shall we? Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited for you to listen to today's episode. I am having a conversation with Eric Rutin. And Eric is known as the Hallmark Movie Reviewer on Instagram. He also has a YouTube channel of the same name. And he is the co-host of the podcast, Hallmark Mysteries and More. I discovered Eric on Instagram and I was immediately drawn to his sarcasm and dry wit. Something that you don't see often in the Hallmark universe. So First of all, I was like, wow, this is a dude that loves Hallmark and is loud and proud about it. I love that. And his sense of humor. Like, I just, I love it. And he is very frank about his thoughts on the movies. So he and I connected and chatted back and forth for quite some time. And I invited him to come on the show and... I really enjoyed this conversation. So not only did we talk about Hallmark, but we talk a lot about life. And he makes me laugh, like genuine laugh, not, (laughs) no, belly laughs. And I walked away from this conversation just feeling so happy and so thankful that I was able to have this time with him. And I really encourage you to stick around for the whole episode because although Eric does love Hallmark Mysteries, he has his own mystery to share that is pretty interesting. But seriously, it is like really nice to to actually meet you. It's I know. You're you've been one of my Hallmark buddies from uh, from the start. Well, I appreciate that. I, I like One, that you're a guy doing this because it's not, you don't, you don't see a lot of guys talking Hallmark, you know, unless they're just sitting there listening to their female friends or in my husband's case, like his wife, you know? So I loved that you're a dude talking about Hallmark. And I also love your sense of humor. Like it's very dry. You're kind of snarky at times. And I, I love that. I, Which so that's one of the, usually that's that what I, everyone hates about me is that they never get my jokes and I've always have to, so at work, 
I always have to have like the conversation with people that if you're ever sitting there wondering like what the hell is this guy talking about, I'm joking. Yeah. And I'm not like this evil mean person. It's just I, as you said, I have a very dry sense of humor that um, sometimes can be very easily misunderstood. Yeah. Plus, I am so witty. No one ever gets my jokes. And that's yeah. why I constantly remind my wife and my kids. I'm like, I'm just so funny. You just don't get it. That's what I tell my husband too. I tell my husband I am unappreciated in my own time. Like he just doesn't get me. Yeah. Like we both have to die then to get appreciated. You know, maybe we'll, we'll see, or maybe we won't. I don't, I don't know. But that's one of the things that I love is just your dry sense of humor. It's on my dad's side, we're all very sarcastic and dry. And so I find myself like gravitating towards people like that because like, oh, you're like yeah. me or I'm like you. It's it's wonderful. Yes, I've had to have the, the also the conversation with people when they start trying to get into a little sarcastic challenge. I'm like, you don't want to go oh, no. because I will win that battle and it will end up ugly. I, I don't think I'd want to do that with you. I feel like you would you would taught me there. I probably at some point get my feelings. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I can go very, very deep, but it's all in fun. And part of the thing too is, you know, so I'm a Gen X kid. I grew up in the late seventies and early eighties mm-hmm. and you could get away with such different humor then. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't say it on on air and public, but the nicknames we had for each other, we would be so canceled because it was either whatever, like physical or emotional or an ethnic aspect of someone. Yes. We all had the nickname, which would just tear that person apart because of it, but it was the whole group of friends. And it's just, you could, you know, you, you did that back then. And I guess my humor is, not evolved from a 13 year old. <laughs> it's a good or I, bad. Well, I can relate to that, honestly, because like my, my husband is Mexican. I am Caucasian and oh, we do, are? we, if you hadn't noticed <laughs> and, uh, but you know, someone listening might not know, I don't know, but we, we rib each other. And if someone were to hear us, it would probably sound really bad but we know that we just mean it in jest. And so, right. but yes, if, so, if the canceled, I, I was actually thinking about that today. I'm like, how many things have I said and done that, you know, if I was a big name could get me canceled probably a lot, you know? hundred percent. So my, my daughter is a goody two shoe. She's, you know, she went through college without drinking when we dropped her off at um, her first day of freshman year in her dorm, my wife and I, we went across the street and we had dinner and went to the grocery store and my wife's like, Hey, do you want us to get you a six pack? And she was like, no, you're not allowed alcohol in the dorm. And just through her whole entire uh, college career, she was like the mom of the group. And so she's still like, she'll have a sip of something, but she doesn't even drink a whole drink. Mm-hmm. My son, on the other hand, is a normal college kid. And I tell him all the time, his life is so much rougher because of social media, because of phones and everything is documented because as you're saying, like you could be canceled and things can be taken out of context. Cause yeah, like we had the same jokes and you know, it, if you see the big picture, you understand it's completely humor, Mm -hmm. but 
if you ever took it out of context. And once again, that's what social media um, does. And you can share it. It's like that little eight seconds of a 15 minute conversation. So, yes. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. And I am very thankful that growing up and in my twenties and even in my early thirties, it wasn't anything. I mean, first of all, it didn't exist for a large portion of that, but then the latter portion, it, it wasn't what it is now. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I do have a love hate relationship with social media. Like I love it because it's allowed me to connect like to you and people like you and, and just make friends in all of these different areas. But at the same time, it's, it's so easy, like you said, to take something out of context and really just penalize somebody for something where you don't even have the, the context of the entire situation. Plus, and once again, I'm an old guy, get off my yard kind of thing. But I think a lot of people have also just lost their sense of humor. Yes. And, you know, everything is taken too literal. And, you know, as I said, we had these very hurtful nicknames with all my friends, which mm-hmm. there. So you talk about the love-hate relationship. Yeah. And with social media, just this morning when we were walking the dogs, I had this exact conversation with my wife because I'm starting to utilize... Um, chat GPT at my job. And I have this big sort of fear of AI and what it's going to do to society. But at the same time with my job, it really does make sense. There's ways to use it and implement it um, to be much more efficient. And one of the things I'm doing through my job is, is let's use it. And then when I'm walking around town, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of AI because it's going to yeah. be Skynet. And the yeah. thing was that this is like social media was the same thing. When it started, it was this great thing where, you know, of course it was silly. People were like, oh, here's what I'm eating. You know, here's me just the foodie photos. Doing, right, yes. right. It was like very simple or it was all this way that families or friends who have drifted apart could connect. And it was you know, mm-hmm. really good. And then it progressed and progressed and progressed. And it's what it is today, where instead of bringing people together, social media, very, a big chunk of it drives people apart because people then get in their echo chambers. They share their information. They share, as we know, disinformation, and it creates this whole other side of the world. But then the flip side of it is, like you said, there's, there's us, right? Mm -hmm. This Hallmark um, community where all of a sudden I've met all these great people and I, you know, say met with air quotes because I haven't met any of them in life. Right. Um, but I talk to them, you know, we share things and I feel like I know this people and they're just great. And then even the Hallmark actors, like they engage with us. I know. And like, it's so cool. I, 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 I talked to my friends about my podcast and, and I was like, oh yeah, we have, you know, Brennan Elliott coming on as a guest who is, you know, one of the five biggest stars in Hallmark. He's like, how did you get them? I'm like, I asked. He's like, really? And it's like, I don't think I could go to Tom Cruise and be, Hey, Tom, you want to be on my podcast? (laughs) Christopher um, Palaha. He's like, you know what? I am so slammed right now. I would love to be in your podcast. I will do it, you know, over the summer or in the fall. Mm -hmm. Once again, he's probably the top. I I love him. I love his sense of humor. And they, you know, so it's the other thing. It's like, it's such an inclusive community. And I say, that's the good side of this, of this whole social yes. media, but then there's this bad side, which I don't want to go into, but like I say that the, this very divisive 
yeah aspect it's it's really I mean I I took a break from Facebook for about a year because I just didn't it wasn't good for my nervous system it just made me really anxious I hated seeing people just at each other's throats, but it w- it just didn't make me feel good. And so I took a, a year off of that. I'm on it periodically. And like you said, it originally started, I mean, I remember when Facebook started and you were throwing cows at people or some weird thing that made no sense. And then it was a way for families to stay connected. And then, you know, slowly all the politics and all of that stuff started to infiltrate and and then family squabbles and drama <laughs> just like right. it's just too much and then instagram like you said it started out as the food the foodie photos and it's evolved to where it is today and i actually stopped my personal account and just created you know my happy feel good place and then awaken the extraordinary because i was following so many accounts that just didn't feel good that were just basically perpetuating that, that anxiety cycle that I was in. And it was just bad news and people bickering. And I found that once I really started curating what I was consuming on these platforms, it really did impact me in a positive way. So I do try to stay away from the drama. And when I see it, you know, just my curiosity, I, I might scroll for a little bit and then I'm like, no, no. And it's not to say that there's not that, that darker side. I mean, it exists, but I don't want to spend too much time there. I agree. Uh, on, um, Twitter, I don't do a lot on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure how the algorithm on Twitter works, but I get a lot of political stuff in my feed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, um, because for the most part, all I use it for are is promoting Hallmark mm-hmm. and I like Hallmark people and like people who are talking about Hallmark or whatever, but I get in there and I do have that curiosity. And so every now and then yeah. I'm tempted, but I've, what I've had to do, because like you're talking about that anxiety is I just have now gone to, you know, whatever it is like unfollow or mute, mm-hmm. mute these people or whatever, because I just, I don't want that anxiety in there. You know, you're talking about how you took your break from Facebook. I had one of my very, very good friends and we, we were very close and I, she just became this very different person, person who I view as full of a lot of anger and hate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, putting that out. And this is a person I was super close with and maintained a really close relationship. And I'm like, for me to stay being friends with her, I just have to stop. Yeah. And so I don't get on, I get, I, I have to do Facebook through work since I work in marketing. And so every now and then I, whenever I'm having to check something that one of the, my team members posted or something like that, I'll get on and I'll just give a quick look, but I don't spend very much time on Facebook because Facebook is tough. Whereas Instagram, like I say, because kind of like you, I'm very insulated with who I am. It's essentially all people who are some way, some just associated with Hallmark. And it's Mm -hmm. such a good uh, environment, good chemistry, good energy. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I can handle that. And the other, sorry to, to monopolize, but you're talking also about that anxiety is I used to watch a lot of news 
And I just, Mm -hmm. it was causing physical issues with how Mm -hmm. I was stressed from the moment I woke up till I went to bed. And I realized it was kind of like, even if I was watching it or if it was just beyond the background, there's so much, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. There's this agenda and it's just, yes, again, so divisive. Yes. And even though it kind of aligned like what I'd obviously would watch, which is what people do. And it puts them in the little, that little echo bubble. But even though I was doing that, it still caused all this anxiety. So what I did is at the last election, I said, that's it. I'm just not watching mm-hmm. any. I watch local news yeah. in the morning, the morning show, which sort of just give you a little blip, but there's no editorializing in it. Mm-hmm. And just physically the stress level in my yep. daily existence has just plummeted. Yes. And there's things that's crazy because I used to think, Oh, I'm someone who's pretty aware of what's going on in the world. I now have very little knowledge and you know that what? Is me, I hate to say I it. Just, it's good. I mean, it sounds kind of woo woo, but it's like our, our nervous system. Like we, we are not biologically created to be able to handle all of this stuff at one time. And now I feel like with, you know, with our phones, with technology, we are aware of so much more going on in the world than we were like, you know, I know you're a little bit older. You talk like you're like in your seventies and I know you're not that much older than me. 55. Yeah. See, I'm 45. Knew you weren't that much older, but it's like when, when we were kids and growing up, you didn't have as much exposure and visibility to everything going on in the world. And you, you didn't have your a computer in your pocket that told you that all the time. And so I actually went on stress leave in March of 2021 because COVID was a thing. And then somehow COVID became 90% of what I did in my day job. I'm human resources. We employ caregivers in, in homes and private facilities. And there were just so many questions. So I was just regurgitating. I should have just recorded it and press play every time I had to talk to somebody, but you're dealing with people that have this uncertainty and this fear about what's going on. As I think many of us did, then it's on the news. So I just, I had no escape, no escape. And I just, I am not built to handle that, that level of stuff. Like that's just not me. So I went on stress leave. And when I was on stress leave, I too stopped watching the news. I really have no idea what's going on. Like my dad, I was talking to him a few weeks ago and he mentioned the earthquake. And I said, what earthquake? I had no idea. There was a little bit of shame because I didn't know what was going on. But at the same time, I don't know what's going to come on next on the news. And if it's something I'm a super emotional and sensitive person. So I don't know if something's going to impact me. So I really rely on my husband. Like, is there, is there stuff going on that I should know about? And you know, I'll get little bits and pieces here and there, because even though I've, I've curated kind of like a little safe bubble on social media, there's still little things that get in or someone you follow posts something. So I do have some level of awareness, but I do remain very ignorant in a lot of things. And I'm okay because, because I'm not like this anxious, nervous wreck, I'm, I'm able to be more of who I think I just am naturally and who I want to be. Like, I don't want to be this anxious blob around my son, you know? So I can totally relate to that. 
I, I give you your drama when I go ahead and I bag on Candace Cameron Bure. Like <laughs> that's my world, you know. Oh, I was I was like going, conflict I going was on in life. So going you know. to send you, I saw that she was advertising some of her t-shirts were on sale. And I was like, I, I should send that to him. But then things got hectic. But I love like seeing something of her and then just sending it to you because it's just like I just that's like that's jabbing. She's a tr- and the funny thing is, obviously, there's the chunk of me that just from her views on certain issues, I just completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. But the funny, and everyone thinks that's my main issue with her. And yes, it is an issue. But my main issue with her is I just think she's not a very good actress. She's Even not. before I knew all that about her, I never, I didn't like her. And that was before I knew all of that stuff of you yeah. know, that just sort of. Built on like, oh, well, she's a terrible actress and a terrible person. Me editorializing because a lot of people like her. And if you like her, you know what? Fantastic. Uh, when in, in on my podcast, um, my co-host is, she doesn't love her, but she, uh, Rora Teagarden, which is her, her mystery series. That's one of her favorites. So she loves that one. So we and get she loves her, her sweaters, right? Doesn't she? Yes. Love she loves, she likes her fashion and and so we we get in these these she just knows that so if she needs to get a, a rise out of me all she has to do is mention Aurora Tea Garden, and That's uh, so funny there, there there I go. But once again, I'd rather have that be my trigger than whatever you know mm-hmm. some, some political. Thing. Yeah, so. same. Yeah, I understand. So since you're since you're talking about you know CCB, how did you get into Hallmark? I, so this is a story I tell, and it's kind of funny because it well it goes back to like a lot of people. Um, Summer Villa uh, with wow. uh, Hillary Burton and Victor Webster. Without Somehow I was, I, was, I was just yes the pool scene. <laughs> um, I, I even have to acknowledge. Okay, that's all I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't I can't even deny it, right? But um, I w- it was just some Saturday and bored flipping through tv and it came on i didn't know what it was and i ended up watching i'm like and i I like rom-coms just Mm -hmm. in general rom-coms and uh i didn't know anything about hallmark movies i didn't even like i probably if i was aware i was watching hallmark channel at first i would have been like nope not yeah you know go to it and i just really enjoyed it i thought it was so cute i just love like the happy endings mm-hmm. and I, I, I understand there's the cheesiness, but I just really liked the movie. And so then I was like, huh, look, there's another one on after that. And so I kind of started recording them much to my wife's dismay because my DVR started getting full. I was I going just, to ask about that. I started watching, <laughs> you know, a lot of them and I really, you know, enjoyed them, but it was just whatever, a, a fun little uh, distraction. And then she was, my wife was visiting her sister and I'm home alone and I'm binging some Hallmark movies. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a blog about Hallmark movies. It's like this untapped thing. Yes, I know I'm going to be off my own little island, finding my little niche, but you know, I'm a little Hallmark addict and maybe there's another Hallmark addict out there. (laughs) So I created the Hallmark movie reviewer and um, launched it over she was gone for a week and so I created it and wrote a couple uh, posts pretty quickly where I reviewed some movies 
And then, as I said, I'm in marketing, so I have access to all the SEO tools. And I mm-hmm. started looking at some keywords because I was like, oh, I'll just play with it and I'll use it as a way to um, just have fun, but also experiment with some marketing yeah, um, techniques sense. and, you know, sort of use it as like a little sandbox to do things. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I found out how absolutely competitive Hallmark, like those keywords are. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not the only one. And then I created to support my blog. I created the Hallmark, uh, my Hallmark uh, profile on Instagram. And then I was like, okay, oop, here's one. I'll follow them, oop, follow them, follow them. And there's and a lot. I, knew it, I have like all these people I'm following. And then I started like, wait, maybe there's a podcast. And I, yep, there's podcasts. I started listening to those. And then I started engaging with the people on the podcast saying, hey, I liked your podcast. And then they talked back. I'm like, whoa, they talk back. And right? It was like this <laughs> weird thing because I guess I, I thought I was just this little person on my own who discovered Hallmark. Lo and behold, it's this huge thing with it's a, a crazy huge yes. you know, following. And so just sort of fell into it that way. That was a few years ago. And then what happened is I started then watching the mysteries and I enjoy mysteries. It's funny because my wife is uh, very big into her true crime ID channel and I'm into the Hallmark mysteries and I thought I could get her to cross over into those and nope. She, she needs real dead bodies where, <laughs> you know, as opposed to me who I hate it. I'd each, I shouldn't say I hate ID channel, but I don't didn't like watching you, it. Didn't you say it does in, in an episode of the podcast where like you guys just want to see like the outline or something along right. those lines of the body. And yeah, your wife is like, I want the graphic photos, like the crime scene photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't need to see, and it also stresses me out because kind of what we were talking about earlier ID yes. channel is really a reflection of the worst of humanity. And I like mm-hmm. to believe in the best of humanity, which is part of the reason why I like the Hallmark movies, right? Because yeah. yes, they're cheesy. Yes. We know what's going to um, come of them, but it's like just a little aspect of happiness. So that's kind of what I like. Yeah. Then I started watching the mysteries and I, and I started enjoying them and, you know, are they going to win Emmys? Maybe not. But I, some of them, I, I think, are actually pretty darn good. And so just started really getting into them. And then I decided um, I wanted to get into a podcast because there's, you know, it's just something I like doing. I like talking um, Hallmark. And I um, started doing it and I started writing down um, show ideas. And then I looked at my list and I realized most of my ideas were about mysteries. Mm-hmm. And then so I started doing more investigation and I realized, there's not another podcast out there that focuses just on Hallmark mysteries. A lot of the ones that will talk about Hallmark and sure, when there's a mystery comes out, they'll hit it, but none that really just dive into Focus on it. mysteries. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, this is a good niche. And then I'm like, Oh, well kind of need a co-host because listening to me talk for, you know, 45 minutes would be, you know, torture. That'd be kind of ID channel. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, I mean, I don't, in, I don't know that I agree bags. with you. <laughs> so, so I just went and, uh, as we said, we, there's this Hallmark community, and so one of the Hallmark friends who I found was Sydney, who never knew her. You know, just know like, I liked her posts. Um, she's more into the lifestyle, the the fashion elements of the movies, and I knew mm-hmm. what I'm more into. The um, like, I don't know. if necessarily the characters and the plot because she's she likes that too but 
we just sort of really complimented what we liked. And so I reached out and like, Hey, you want to do a podcast Mm -hmm. with me? And she's like, Oh my God, I was just thinking like I wanted to do a podcast this year and I wasn't sure what to do. And so we just came together and then we started the Hallmark Mysteries and More podcast. And it's funny because people are who have reached out to us like, Oh, you guys have like such good chemistry. I'm like, okay. You know, I was going to tell you days that. ago, eight days ago, I didn't know who this person, like, yeah. yes, I knew her from Instagram, but I never, you know, talked to her. Yeah. And, um, the other thing that's been really interesting is looking at our, um, statistics is discovered. Once again, we just did it and expected, you know, maybe our families and ourselves, maybe like a friend or two would listen to, you know, so we get like six, seven uh, listens a week Mm -hmm. and it's been amazing. It, you look at our chart and it just goes straight up. That's so awesome. So many people listen to it. And I think it's just because once again, there's this niche and the mysteries have such loyal, almost fanatical followers of them. Mm -hmm. Like if I get mystery one-on-one or postables going and you can say anything like negative on it, or maybe it's not the best show on the planet because oh, yeah. I personally think the gourmet detective is the best mystery. Oh my gosh. My DMS or comments, I'll just be <laughs> you know, blown up. Like no Travis and Amy, Travis. Well, and then, Amy. then that's like also confirmation that like people are listening and paying attention. Right. So yeah. And the, the best moment I've had so far, cause my kids actually at first are like, dad, you're such a geek, but now because they actually have seen it, they kind of like, they're not into my daughter will watch a little bit of the mysteries with me, but that's about it. My son, he doesn't want anything to do with it, but they both are like, wow, you actually are kind of legit with what you're doing here. The thing I had a guy on Reddit who, um, sent me a comment. He's like, oh my God, you're that one guy. Cause I, I, I posted something in the Reddit, um, Hallmark. He's like, you're like this one guy and I know who you are and wow, you're like the big guy in, in Hallmark. I'm like, wait, what? So it's just <laughs> kind of cool getting like recognized cross platform right. and stuff. So that's enjoying that. That's pretty cool. So when did you guys start the mysteries podcast? It wasn't that long ago, right? No, nope, January. We, we just, uh, yesterday did our 10th episode uh, no, and I was, our 11th episode. And I was looking like you guys have a, a lot of reviews, like given how new you are. I mean, you have more than I do. I have two. One of one of the reviews is from you. So thank you. <laughs> You're um, a fun show. I was super excited for you when you had Ben Ayers on. Like that yep. was that was a really fun episode. I, I love him. I love his hair. He has such good hair. So yeah. I was trying to grow <laughs> his hair. Oh, are you? I was. Okay. And I ha- and I just got my hair cut on Tuesday and I told my uh the, the um, girl who cuts my hair, I'm like, it's just not working. Cause <laughs> I had like, so during COVID, because I was working from home and uh, once again, being a kid of the late seventies, eighties, my music was punk rock. The clash mm-hmm. is my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. And um, I way back when, when I was in high school, I went to a boarding school that was pretty, it was, liber- it was a liberal boarding school, but it's also you know, still had the dress code and things like that. I had pierced my ear when I was in high school where no one hadn't back in, you know, 1982, no one had a guy. had yeah. a ear. And so I was like, no, that's not, you know, you shouldn't be doing that and stuff. But I also had shaved a mohawk in once and it was like, no, nope, no, nope, that's not the haircut that you're supposed to have. So well, I want to see a the, picture of that. Lo and behold, <laughs> I'll send you it. Lo and behold, 50 
you know, or not 50 years later, but when I was 53 years old, whenever COVID hit 52 years old, um, you know, we're all staying home, not getting haircuts. My hair is getting longer and longer and longer, like everyone's. And so finally I said to my daughter, I'm like, you know what? Let's do the Mohawk. And it's like, okay, let's have to get clippers. During COVID, you could not buy hair clippers on Amazon. Oh yeah, they were because everybody was out. having to cut right. hair at home. I use right. manicure no. scissors for my kids' hair. I went to Target. Nope, they didn't have anything. I ended up having to use like beard trimmers, which, you know, they're about, I don't know, an inch wide. And so my daughter yeah. ended up giving me my mohawk and I had the full out like shaved side of the head mohawk. That's, do you have thing. a picture and, of that one too? I want to yeah, see so that that's what I said. That's what I, said. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a picture. No. So then um, flash forward and I had to go back to the office. I go back to the office a couple of days a week now. And so I let it sort of grow in and it's sort of whatever it is now. But then I said, you know what? I want to do the undercut. And then I'm like, wait, this is the Benjamin Ayers haircut. And so, oh, you know, God. I showed, showed the I'm like, this is what I want. And the problem with my hair is it, is it gets longer. It gets curlier and curlier. Okay. So instead of his, which does the sort of like cool, you know, yeah. it can be all like morning head looking all cool. Yeah. Mine looks like I don't, it, I don't, it just looked ridiculous. Like, ridic- <laughs> like I was a Stay puff marshmallow head kind of thing. And it just didn't work. So I just finally gave up last, uh, last Tuesday and said, just That's go back so to the funny. old, go back to the old haircut. That's so funny. He, he, he does. Has have, hair. He has great hair. I mean, he's just super handsome. Like one of the very first Hallmark movies I watched was falling for Vermont. And I was just like, who is that man? Because he is just beautiful. And he was actually the first Hallmark actor that was engaging with me on social media. And I was just like over the moon. I was first, I was shocked that someone was actually responding and then engaging in a back and forth in my DMs. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is like amazing. But But what I was going to say, sorry, isn't that weird though? I mean, like major actor just chatting with you and not even in a Thank you for watching my movie. Like actually chatting. Chatting. I've had that experience with Ryan Pavey as well. What is happening in my universe? Like I say that all the time because I just can't believe it. So it's, it is very cool. And I found that like some of the Hallmark actors, they, you, you have certain actors that I feel like engage more often than right. others, but I love like Ben Ayers. He went live on Romance University today and there was someone watching and I think she had accidentally requested to go live. So he just brought her on and she was like, oh, I didn't mean to do this, but he's still sitting there chatting with her. And I was thinking, this is awesome. Like this probably I, made this person's like year, you know? Yeah. When I, I was, uh, so when I was getting ready to do, I was originally going to do my, um, I started doing a little YouTube thing on my Hallmark movie reviewer mm-hmm. and I was going to try to reach out and you know, interview people. And I was so afraid to ask because I didn't want the rejection, you know, I'm horribly insecure in that way. And I was asking all the other podcasters, like, just ask. I'm like, but they'll say, no, they're like, who are you? You're, you're nobody. Why would I be on, you know, your little fledgling thing. And um, yeah, that's with, with Benjamin, when I reached out to him, because I first did JC Doton, who I've, talk to her all the time she's she's um a consistent side character so she's not you know one of the obviously one of the big stars but you know I, I think she's really funny and she always would engage back with me and so I 
I, I felt that was like safe water. So I asked her and she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. But I, once again, I don't think she gets a zillion requests. Yeah. And then I, Benjamin, like you said, he started engaging back. And I realized, first of all, the guy is hilarious. He is and in so his movies, funny. he doesn't ever really do funny characters. So I had no idea how funny he was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he just cracks me up. Like I made some joke he, um, um, around Christmas when he, he did his movie with Taylor Cole. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm like, can still like you because I'm so envious that. you. Oh, yes. I remember that he got to kiss her. <laughs> and, and, and so, but I like did this comment in, in, in of his post way back when, and then he was just like, yeah, sorry, dude. You know, and just like gave me shit about it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny and how natural it was. And then when we had him on as a guest, he just like, before we even hit record, he was just joking and everything. And it was funny because right before we hit record, we, he wasn't there. We were waiting, waiting. And it was at lunchtime. And so I took a bite of a uh, kind bar. And of course, literally the second I bit, he logs on. So I'm like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, don't worry about me. You know, I'm just going to sit here while you eat this incredibly <laughs> loud, crunchy. And or would it, because, you know, you're talking to somebody, you know, a celebrity, you can't just take two bites and swallow it. It has to be the it one time it takes 30 minutes to eat through that bite. And so I'm just like, oh my God, whatever. And he's like, don't worry, dude. And he's like, literally, it was, it was hilarious. And then just the that whole is so funny. interview, he just kept, you know, doing little things. And afterwards, made a couple other things. But then he's also like super just genuine. Mm-hmm. Because when I asked him, you know, so I, like I said, that was the first person. And I, he was, sort of engaging like okay i'm just gonna ask him he's gonna say no but it'll be good it'll toughen my skin because you know what shoot high yeah and you know i said hey you know we got this brand new podcast coming about mysteries you know sometime it would be great if you would consider being a guest you know it was like the most passive yeah you know just go ahead and say no request right yeah like i'm just assuming you'll say no but and he's like absolutely let's do it how about next week I'm like, what? what? <laughs> so I was completely ill prepared for his response. And uh, it gave me a lot of courage because now I'm asking a bunch. And like I said, we've got Brennan Elliott, once again, couldn't be nicer. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's agreed to it. And so we're going to have um, him on it. Like I said, we're interviewing him tomorrow and we'll oh, have him so next awesome. week. That's so awesome. <laughs> so with the podcast that you have, I do believe like you guys complement each other. Like you do have chemistry and I don't think you need to know somebody very long to have that dynamic. I do like how she does focus on the fashion that she does talk about that because that's just something that I always notice too. And that was one of the reasons I started um, interacting with Dara from Dear Hallmark because the very first thing I saw from her she was just ooing and awing over Jill Wagner's fashion in something. And she was eating Oreos at the same time. And I was like, this woman, like, I love this woman. She is so funny. And so I like that she shares her appreciation for that. And I think the cocktail thing is super fun. We uh, actually are going to be on her podcast later oh, this month. Good. She's when she does her uh, review of the first three mysteries of of the 2023 yeah and she yeah she's been fantastic in fact when we're getting ready to launch she was the person who i kept reaching out asking for advice um how to do it 
because she obviously has done it and she gets tons of you know the celebrities who participate she got into rama drama as the official podcaster and she just and i also dislike because you know we talk about this positive energy she has just laughs right and Mm -hmm. just just listening to her podcast just kind of makes me happy yeah and it's what i want from you know hallmark movies but it's also in the podcast i just like she just is obviously having a fun time um i don't always agree with her but it doesn't really matter and that's mm-hmm. the other thing, by the way, going back to the, you know, going back to our Hallmark world versus the real world, whereas we can have a little debate, you know, I'll go to Sydney and me with the Aurora Tea Garden. I don't like Aurora Tea Garden. I do. Okay. This is why I like it. This is why I don't like it. You can have this like civil debates. Yes. If you go into the real world, you just can't have civil debates anymore. It's just, yes, no. If you don't agree with me, then you are wrong. There's no, yes. whatever. So that's another th- good thing about the Hallmark, whereas I talk to a lot of people and we share our ideas and we don't always agree, but you know, we're always, okay. I understand that you have your opinion. I have my opinion, but at the end of the day, I still like you. You're still. Yeah. And see, and I, I totally agree because I feel like I don't want to be around people that, that think the exact same way. My husband will disagree, but I don't, I don't want to be around people that, that see the world the same way that experience the same world, this or experience the world the same way, because then I'm not going to be challenged. I'm not going to grow. And I like to hear different perspectives. It doesn't mean that if you tell me why you like or didn't like something that I'm going to agree with you. But if I have a different perspective, to me, that's always a good thing. Right. And even if I don't understand and I don't agree, no matter what, if if you're my friend, like I still love you. I still respect you. And I just think that that's what the world needs more of. So when we can find these ways of connecting with people like these similarities, like we, we like Hallmark, but we're all very different people in a lot of ways. Finding that commonality, I feel like build allows us to build on that foundation that that shared interest, you know, creates for us. So I love that you can have someone have a conversation. I don't like it. I don't, well, I do. Here's why, here's why I don't. And, you know, still get along at the end of the day. Well, you and I actually had that. That was like our earlier conversations because of obviously my Candace Cameron. Mm-hmm. And you like her because once again, I'm an eighties kid. You're a nineties kid. You have your full house thing. And yes. so you, you, associate, you associate her with that. And so mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't have that. I was by that time that show was on, I was in college and doing what I wasn't, yeah, wasn't you weren't part of my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I wasn't watching it. I didn't have any, any good association with this. I don't, I don't you know, put her over there, but I understand you do. And we have fun with that. I'll still tease you like, no, she's the worst. And you're like, yes, but I like her. I get it. You know, and this, and that. but it's the end of the day. So what? Like you like her. I don't. So yeah. And it's, I'm like, is we, it going we both like, to, we both like Hallmark at the end of the day too. Yeah. Right? You know, and I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. Like I said, our senses of humor is just, yeah. But well, I think that's actually, if, people, once again, we're getting very big in the world here, but if most people could just step back out of that, like hardcore belief and just realize that for the most part, we have way more similarities with people who, even these people who you totally disagree with, you could be on the far right and the person, the far left, and you have just complete disagreement yet 
it's only on 10% that you actually mm-hmm. disagree with 90%. The problem is people only look at that 10% yes. and they're so focused on that rather than accepting the fact 90% of the things that you like, or you think I do too. Mm-hmm. So, but once again, that's where I think like the hallmark and we stay in a little bubble there, which, you know, we're talking about people getting in bubbles for causes trouble, but I think this is like a healthy bubble because it, like I say we have our little debates and at the end of the day, it's all nice. Yeah. And honestly, my love of Hallmark inspired me to pick up and move from San Diego, where I've been living my whole life to Montana, where I'd never been. Even when I said, I think we're supposed to move to Montana. I'd never been here. I didn't, I was never here until like we moved and I set foot in Montana and San Diego was just in the rear view mirror. And I, the movies inspired me to just take action. If there was something in my life that I didn't like, then I wanted to change it. And I wanted to show my son, if there's something about your life, you don't like, you have the power to change it. And, you know, the Hallmark movies, you see like their life totally changes when they go somewhere. And I'm like, you know, see what happens. And I love it. And I'm happy that we're here. And I don't know that I would be here if I hadn't gotten into Hallmark the way that I did. But you are aware that Caden Smith does not actually live there, right? Yes, I am. Okay. I thought you were, <laughs> yeah. uh, on the weekend, you're driving around. Where's this big sky he's, ranch at? He's Where very, is I know he's very handsome. I didn't realize it either until we started talking about moving to Montana that Ryan Pavey was also in a Montana movie. So I was like, huh. So I thought that was funny. Speaking was of, funny. Of, of those, and we're talking about the engagement by the Hallmark actors. There's um, today I posted on um, uh, my stories because once again, one of my Hallmark friends sent it to me and this uh, girl posted on her Instagram. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm the single woman in my thirties. I have multiple um, uh, graduate degrees. I'm walking around Vermont and I have yet to have like this, you know, yeah, fall festival that. person. Right. And this whole, like all the different Hallmark cliches happened to me. What's going on? What did I do wrong here? Uh-huh. And um, Tyler Hines, comment is like i'm on my way you know, <laughs> that's awesome it's, it's just the way that this hallmark they, yeah like say, there's there's us fans but then they're actors and they really do engage and connect which is, mm-hmm. is which is great and once again i don't know tom cruise but and i don't follow a bunch of you know like things that he's probably there but yeah. I, I i don't think he's doing it now maybe keanu reeves you've heard like he does wonderful i things, love but, him but you know he's more the exception whereas hallmark it is by far Dylan Neal. I talk about the gourmet detective, my favorite um, show. He has all sorts of conversations with me all the time. I remember you and, telling and, me and, that. And yeah. he's like, and I said, Hey, would you agree, you know, be interested in being interviewed? Because we talk a lot and he actually shares a lot of things that aren't for the public. life stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, yeah, and I wouldn't be a very good interview because there's just too much that I wouldn't want to talk about. And, you know, he, so he's given me insights into the business aspect of Hallmark, the things us as fans don't really think about when like you have this great idea, he'll be like very nicely, but give me, you know, 18 paragraphs of why it doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's, but it, once again, he's, he's, Neil, why the hell is he talking to just, right. you know, me, Joe, right. Schmo fan who, 
And I think he also knows though, that I'm a huge advocate of his show and he's very, yeah. show, so he's connected with me there, but at the same time, still Brooke Burns as much as I, and everybody in the planet knows I love yes. Brooke Burns. In fact, probably everyone in the solar system knows I love Brooke Burns. <laughs> she never actually engages with me, which is very unfortunate, but like I said, but he's still, like I say, he takes the time to do that, which is just fantastic. And yeah, once again, couldn't be nicer. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I want to, sorry, I want to go back to one thing you said to you, yeah. uh, how you said you just, you don't want to have everybody, you know, think exactly like you and, you know, you'd like to have the differences. Yeah. So it made me think of my mom because that's the way I was brought up my mom. Um, and I didn't realize this, unfortunately, until I was later in life, my mom passed away, not when I was young, young, but I was 24. I think. Oh, wow. When she, so, you know, fairly young, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I definitely was an adult by that point. And I didn't really realize it until later, like my la the last couple of years, she was around and then after in reflection, but that was her whole view on life. Like you looked at her collection of friends. I mean, she's a white upper middle-class woman and her friends were just bizarre. Like when they, they were, we grew up in Michigan and then they moved to Tucson when I was in college and I went to school mm -hmm. down there and her friends would be like someone coming over would be the 80 year old bridge people who they play bridge with. And then the next night they have some guy who's in grad school from the middle East who is over here on his visa and they're getting drunk on some bizarre middle east cocktails and then the next night there's she's like hanging out with this group of of gay guys and like it was just the weirdest wildest right, eclectic group, group of, of friends. friends and so in you know you look at it now and we're also homogenized like i'll even say with me like my group of friends are pretty close you know they're my high school friends and my college friends for the mm -hmm. most part but we're all you know, we we're, we're different, but we're all pretty close to the same. Whereas she really, you know, sought that out. She, there is a story about how they were over somewhere in Europe on a vacation and they walked into the bar to get a drink and lo and behold it. And it was her, my dad, this, um, they're, they're friends with this, uh, gentleman who had MS and was in a wheelchair and his wife who was, you know, he was probably in the seventies at the time and they go into some bar and I think they, they may have been like Ireland or something like Wales. That's where they were Wales. And it turned out to be a gay bar. And the, 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 the other couple was like, oops, you know, we got to go out here. My yeah. mom was like, what the hell? No way we're staying. And yeah. she was like the one who, by the end of the night, like that, all the guys were around her and they're doing shots together. <laughs> and the other thing that's funny is my mom was pushing five feet, like, mm -hmm. She was like this tiny. tiny little, tiny little woman. And like I said, I didn't realize it. And sadly, like most kids, like how cool your parents are until, you know, yeah. later, later in life. So she sounds amazing. It was. And it was um, kind of funny too, because it wasn't until after she passed away that I realized how much of my dad was actually a reflection of my mom. Like I always thought mm -hmm. my dad was the leader of the house, right? Mm -hmm. My dad was, my dad was this, that, and the other. And then you realize after um, she was gone, that she was really the power broker behind the scenes. Well, you know, my, she loud. And once again, it probably 
had maybe something to do with the times too, you know, being 60s, 70s, 80s, all those things, you know, relationship dynamics and family dynamics mm-hmm. and all that was a little bit different. But, um, but yeah, she was just really the thing. My dad was pretty much a mirror of her because he came across that way as being sort of the life of the party. Like when I, and you know, I was telling you about how they had this group of friends when they um, met my college roommates, you know, we were living in the just dump of the house. They would just show up and we'd be having like some sort of kegger party. And then they would stay for it. My friends, like I always joked, like they liked <laughs> hanging out with my parents more than like hanging out with me. And these were, like, you know, Maybe. 20, 21 year old, you know, and I've got these pictures of them with the red solo cups, you know. At oh the my gosh. That is stuff. hilarious. And, you know, so it was just, it, it was just funny. And then, so I, I, but my dad was like the one who had the, seemed like the most big boisterous stuff, but it was actually, she passed when I just realized it was her that like sort of enabled him because she, then his personality very much changed yeah. after there. And then he remarried a few years later and kind of assumed his new wife's personality. Wow. That's interesting. Kind of, yeah. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that experience with your mom. Um, even though you were young, it's nice to be able to look back and just reflect on these memories. And I mean, I could see like your totally smiling and it's, it's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that she was only with you for 25 years, but they sound like really good years. Oh yeah. Like this another one of the stories, just two of them, they're both about clothes, right? One. So I went to this boarding school and uh, I was telling you about, and you had to have a dress code mm-hmm. and I, we were, we did in the suburbs of, of Detroit. And I remember she was like, all right, let's go to Chicago to do our back to school clothing. So we went to Chicago and at the time I like, okay, it seems like a normal thing. I look back at it now and like, Oh, I take my kids, like, let's go to target. And what, you know, (laughs) wait, you want me to go more than, you know, 15 minutes from the house? (laughs) Forget that. Right. Whereas my mom's like, Oh, let's just go to. Okay. So how far away is that? I'm terrible at geography. Um, I think it's like a five hour drive, but we, but we we flew. Okay. So we, like we flew and stayed there the weekend. Right. And so we went to this place and she bought me all these clothes, which I got like all these polo, like brand shirts, which I still wear polo shirts all the time, but you know, just button down polos. Cause you had, to, I had to wear a collar to school. And, um, so we bought a whole new set of back to school clothes, Chicago, and then we fly back to Michigan. And I proceeded because I was just a little punk kid. I cut the shirts and just kept the collars for all of them. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was so funny. She was, and the funny thing was she wasn't mad. She was just like, well, we're not doing that again, you know, because we could, you could wear your sweater over it. Right. Exactly. So I wore it. Totally. It totally reminds me of Howard Wallow at some big bang theory with his Dickies. (laughs) Exactly. It's funny. I had actually Dickies. They actually like make ones. I had turtleneck dickies. That and, is so um, funny. But so I just cut them off, and she's like, "Yep, we're not, we're not going to do that again." And it's funny, like I said, they're just polo shirts that we could have just gone to, you know, the local, yeah, uh, you know, department store. He and, buys and you these really nice shirts, and and you and, and then I did once again. I don't realize until later in life, like we were going away for a weekend to do this thing, and then she did the same thing in college when I graduated, and I was about to go start doing my interviews. 
I was down in Tucson. She's like, all right, we need to go get your suit. Let's go. And we went to San Francisco and went to Joseph Banks wow. up in you know, San Francisco. Oh my gosh. But, and, but at that time, I finally, like, I appreciate, I knew what was going on, yes. right? Cause I'm 20 years old and I was like, appreciated that we went there for the weekend and enjoyed it all. And we went up there and got my suit, which ironically I wore, um, I was very fortunate. I got the first job I interviewed for. And so I, I didn't really have to wear my suit very off very long. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, um, I took it to the dry cleaners and the dry cleaners burnt down while my suit was in there. So my suit literally burnt down. They brought it back. Like they, I was able to claim it like three weeks later. And it's so funny because it's the suit with all these burnt holes (laughs) all through it. So yeah, that's, that suit, uh, it lasted me. I think I ended up having, it's like, I got the first job, but I, um, interviewed for, I think like three jobs. And, um, the first one is the one I accepted. And, wow. uh, but it was just funny that suit was not long for the, uh, that is, the that is, I mean, what are the odds that it burns down? And I mean, someone's clothes have to be in there. Right. But it's just like, right. wow. Okay. That's yeah. a, You have a lot of interesting stories. So Segwaying into I have, I have one very big interesting story. Yeah. So the story that I heard you share when you were I which movie was it? I haven't watched it. I know Janelle Parrish fam- was in family, it. Family Family Histories because okay. it focused on genealogy. Okay. Yeah. So what you shared in that was that you found out that you had this long lost sister and you didn't know she even existed, right? Correct. So can you tell me how all of that came to be. I was very, like, I was listening, I was paying attention, but my ears perked up when you started sharing that. Okay. So the the whole story is kind of a long, elaborate story. So I'm going to give the cliff notes, the the cliff note version. So I'm adopted. And so when I talk about my mom and my dad, I was talking about, they're my adoptive parents. And um, as I said, I lived, as you can tell from the story of you know, flying to Chicago to get your clothes for going back to boarding school. I didn't live the worst life growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. How old were you when you were adopted? Birth. Okay. Like oh, that's right. Okay. I know you'll probably share right. some of that. Yeah, I remember so I'll, now. I'll, go, I'll go through a little bit. <laughs> of that. So the, um, so I've only known being adopted and I also, my parents never, I don't ever remember not knowing I was adopted. Either. Okay. So it was never a thing like, okay, when you turn 12 or whatever, we're going to tell you, you were adopted or like, I just always knew my mm-hmm. middle brother, he was adopted as well. So after my mom had my oldest brother, she wasn't unable to have kids again. And so they ended up adopting two kids. Um, so a few years ago, my wife, because I, I think I have some sort of people think I have some sort of unique look to me. Like, what are you? And I obviously have never known what are you? because I don't have any idea what my ethnic background is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've like, I was like, I don't know. I'm probably something, you know, Eastern European, probably some Northern African, maybe South American, whatever, some mm-hmm. weird mutt type aspect to me. And so a few years ago, my wife was, and well, so first of all, several years ago, after I had my kids, I I was said, you know what? I probably, because I'm having kids now and you always get asked, 
you know, when you go to the doctor, do you family have family history? history? So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to find out, even though I had no interest at all in my finding out who my birth parents were, of course, you know, I always had the, my back of mind, like, Oh, maybe they're like billionaires. And I, whatever could do that. But right? the, that would be a Hallmark time, movie too, maybe. At the same time, I was <laughs> never like really, I'm like, I, Curious, I have yeah. a pretty good, I have a pretty darn good mm-hmm. life, you know? So, um, so I had years ago when my, after my first child, my daughter was born, I asked my, my dad, like, Hey, you know, how do I get this information? And so he said, here's the name of the, it was a private adoption. Here's the name of the lawyer who did the adoption. You can reach out you know, to him and he can maybe put you in track or in touch with how to get your records. So I reached out, turned out he had retired, um, like 10 years, um, before that Mm -hmm. and had just recently destroyed all of his records. I was just thinking about that. He was like, he he said he kept them for 10 years. And for, after that point, he figured, okay, you know, whatever time to move on. So he had just literally destroyed him months before I had reached out to ask him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, wait, if you want, you could go through the state and, you know, as a child, you have access to the records as a parent, you don't because you've adopted your kid out, but as a kid, you can get access. Yeah. And I said, because once again, I told you, I didn't really have that super big interest. So I was like, eh, too much work, forget it. Mm-hmm. I'll just, at the end of the day, what does knowing you have a propensity for this, you still are going to have it or you're not going to have it. Right. So I just moved on and didn't think of it again. And then a few years ago, my wife has said, you know what? I did the whole DNA thing. The 23 me was now available. And yeah. all that. So she's like, let's figure out where you are. And I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. And so I, I did it and what I did it and I was clicking all the boxes and doing everything. I apparently had clicked the thing saying, you know, expose me to other people so you can find, you can find mm-hmm. me. So they could find you. Yeah. Right. And of which if I was really paying attention, I wouldn't have done it because like I said, I didn't want to be found. I didn't want to find or didn't want to be found. Um, and so I did that. I found out. I am 98% North East, no, Northwestern European. Okay. So I am as Anglo as That's how Anglo I feel too. Can yeah. be. Well, you look, like say you look at blonde hair you know, <laughs> skin, whereas I don't. And, um, and so I was like, just shocked, but it actually made me feel good because I've always had an affinity for the Netherlands, like in the Olympics. And so I always, cause I didn't know what I was. I just went with, I'm Dutch. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, that's Northeast uh, Europe. So I guess <laughs> I can validate. Right? And so, um, nothing happens, nothing happens. And then a couple of years later, I get, uh, this notification, like this person's like reaching out and they're, I'm your cousin or it appears I'm your cousin. And, um, I just want to let you know that your sister and your mother have been looking for you for the past 20 years. And it was really weird for me because you're adopted and you think you would think it through, but I never, never had to think that I potentially had siblings, Mm -hmm. right? You know, that you have 
a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just figured that was it. That was it. Right. And it was really weird because while I didn't have the interest in the mother aspect, I just really became like, whoa, I have a sister. And when you grow up adopted, and like I said, and I grew up a very healthy adopted person who never felt longing or missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you do have in you is like, and until I had my kids, I'm like, nobody in this world is me. Right. Whereas you can look at like a sibling or your parent and there's you there. Yeah. I told you about my mom being five foot. Mm -hmm. My mom was five foot. My dad was five foot four on a very good day. Mm -hmm. And my two brothers were both five foot six. Okay. And then I'm six feet. I was going to say, you seem tall. (laughs) It's like, it always would be these family pictures. It's like, what doesn't fit? Right. <laughs> and the funny thing too, is people would always, and you, you have to wonder what goes in people's heads because people would always see things and be like, you look just like your dad. I'm like, I'm eight inches taller than the guy. I mean, <laughs> what, and I look and he looks, he's a very like stereotypical Jewish looking guy mm-hmm. and I am not. And um, so it was just very funny, but so back to the thing. So I, started really thinking about this sister thing, but at the same time too, I had, um, we'll just say a stalker and who would kind of mess with my life around that time. And so I was not sure if this was just that person That's somehow scary. was like messing with me. Right. So I didn't know what to make of it. And I was like confused. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And so, um, I finally decided, okay, what I'm going to do is I created this, like, Gmail account with very little information mm-hmm. and responded through that and kind of did a little interrogation with some questions that I figured would whatever that um, vet them. And so I'm like, okay, this seems legit. So I responded a little bit more. And so we, 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 we exchanged a few emails. And so finally I was like, okay, give me my sister's information. I'm ready to reach out to her. So um, she sent it to me. And the the, the irony is, and this is before my whole big hallmark okay. thing, right? The funny thing is, so the final thing I said to her in there was like, so is this going to be an ID channel or a um, hallmark <laughs> movie? And that is re- so funny. And she responded with a little bit of both. And it was that's like, so crazy. Right. And that the is funny so thing crazy. is after I found like the cousin, I could see her name. So of course what I'm doing is on Facebook stalking, trying to figure out who she is. I thought I found um, her because she has it's a fairly common name. And I'm like, Oh, this has to be her. You know, she's Midwest and has the name and looking at the whole family. I'm like, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> that's not good. Or like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to be in this family here and couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Low jumping forward. I didn't find her at all. She was a completely different person than I thought I had found, but they say, so she gave me the sister stuff. I sent her the email saying, Hey, and you're talking about my sense of humor. My email to her was, Hey, I heard you've been looking for me. And that was it. <laughs> And, um, I didn't hear anything back and I was like, you know what, if this was real. And so all of a sudden I thought, nope, I, I was catfished yeah. and 
And I was like, she would have responded right away because I heard she's been looking for me for 20 years and, you know, a day passed nothing. And then I'm at work and it's two days and it's about to be the end of the day and I'm about to leave. And all of a sudden I get an email back from her and it was like kind of funny equally like, huh? Like, are you sure you're you? Mm-hmm. And so emailed back. And so we emailed a few times and then we quickly went over to text and then within a day we're FaceTiming. How and are you feeling about all of this? Like It was very weird because I was very, very, very closed, cautious. And as soon as I started talking to her, it was just weird. I just like every barrier just fell down. Mm-hmm. It was just like totally opened up. And so, like I said, within 24 hours, we FaceTime and I never, I would have, I was expecting this to take months. And the first time the camera came on and I saw someone who looked like me, I was yeah. like, it was just so weird. That must be like, like surreal. I said, yeah. Like, I have my kids, but other than that, there's no one. Yeah, like, I, I talk about my mom, like her sister. I grew up with her being my mom. And if her sister, who's like two years older than her came in the room, I would have to do a double take at first to make sure it wasn't my mom because they just look mm-hmm. totally alike. Right. So I ended up just talking to my sister and we really connected and just coincidentally, she lived in Florida and my in-laws are in Florida and we were, go- it was around Christmas time and back to a Hallmark movie, Christmas time, of course. Um, <laughs> but we were going out there for the holidays in two weeks and so we made she was on the um west side we were down on the east side so we made a plan to meet in the middle and just we connected and talked and it was just so from meeting someone you know 52 years old who you've never known so unbelievably natural and she had the same when i talked to her she had the same feeling and she there's two other half siblings that we we so we share the same dad okay and we have different mothers and our father also had another woman who he had two more kids with and so she grew up with them but she never really felt too much too connected with them they're very different than her and she and i just we kind of have a lot of similarities so there's the whole nature and nurture thing Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really good testament because there's so many similarities and it was just weird finding that person. So even though I had my brothers growing up, there was always as much as I loved them and as much as we're a family, there was still always some sort of outsider-ish thing to the, yeah. to the relationship. Right. Whereas with her, it just wasn't. And it's a bizarre thing because she you knows essentially a stranger. And yet I had a weird closeness with her. And uh, so it was kind of interesting. And, you know, that was a few years. I want to say that was 2018, um, beginning of 2000 or the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And so now we, you know, nonstop talk and all the time. She's ironically here in Arizona right now, but in another part of the state. So we're supposed to be getting together. And um, when she gets to, to Phoenix, um, but so it was just a very weird thing connecting with someone. And then who, once again, you didn't know. And all of a sudden they're your sibling. Yeah. That, right? I mean, it, 
it is like a movie. Um, it kind of, like I was thinking just now, you know, wondering about like, it made me think of like my Christmas family tree. Right. Um, Which is funny because I, when that came on, I'm like, you have to watch this. Really? <laughs> well, so. it is. It's kind of, it's very similar to your guys' story. Although like right. you didn't find your dad. I mean, well, kind of you did, but you know, you, you found a sibling. So ha- how has it been like, what is her deal? Is she married, single? Does she have kids? Like what's her? Okay. So a little bit more of the story. We, as I said, we, we share the same birth father. Mm-hmm. He was an interesting guy. Um, her, I'm three years older than her. Her mom is his wife, was his wife. Mm-hmm. My mom was not. You can figure mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Right? So um, he ended up around a little, you actually younger than me, but around the time we actually, her and I connected back, going back in time at his age, he was murdered by his his um what turned out to be his brother-in-law and the brother-in-law was the the one who murdered him her his daughter was the cousin who connected with me wow wow okay right gosh um and so you're talking about her being married the um, and the, 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 the guy, the detective who was investigating the murder, who she was the initial suspect. Um, and he was apparently bad cop. They later ended up starting to date and are now married. So she's married hey. to the guy who investigated her for the murder of her father. I think you guys could have like a mini series. Like this is just crazy. Well, I mean, there's. There, there's so many more layers of the crazy mm-hmm. to it. Um, just I'll so you know, and you I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to distract from your podcast, but we are planning on our podcast of me doing the full story. Okay, good. Um, because as I said, it is when we were first started getting details, my wife is like, we need a whiteboard to keep all this Oh my god! Um, track of all this because there's so many different. It is like you say. It, it is a it is a movie, but in real life because there's mm-hmm. so many characters who come into play and they have a role, but then they don't, and it's it's just crazy the layers in this. Um, but um, so yeah, so she ended up marrying the uh, the the detective. But the other thing is, so at the trial the two families, because obviously one side of, you know, was being prosecuted for murdering the other side stopped. They were fighting. And so they literally stopped talking. So my sister had not talked to that side of the family in roughly 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so when the cousin found me who she was doing genealogy and all of a sudden this like strange blip popped up, like, who's this one? Yeah. Um, she, I want to say, sort of sucked it up and did something for her cousin who 
was they were not on speaking terms for, which wow, okay, wonderful gift. And um, which is why when I said my sister was um, suspicious, was because it was coming from this person who that was going on with that. And now she didn't have she didn't have as big of an issue with that particular cousin. It was more the the other her older siblings and they still still don't talk. And our our father was one of six or seven, I forget which it is, kids. So there's, like I say, those family trees that mm-hmm. are all over the place. And apparently there's a lot more blips. And there's also the the lines of things are not what they grew up believing that genealogy has, like the genetics has now shown. Like a child turned out to not be a child, rather uh, a sibling or what? Yeah. Like I I get what you're saying. The one one had was raised as the child, but turned out to be the kid's child, but it was raised as, as their sibling, but it was really their kid. You might, you might other family did not know that other, other family did not know that until like, wait, they should be a straight up they're side by side or whatever, that is you know, crazy. That, or they should be side by side, but they're straight up um, thing. So, yeah. Um, but like I say, there's layers and layers and layers to, to the story. Mm-hmm. It is very crazy complex. I will also say just, um, uh, uh, we'll talk about this quickly. So I finally, after talking to my uh, sister for a little while, and she basically what happened was she found out that I existed at her father's funeral when someone like let it slip about the kid. And she's like, mm-hmm. who? And they're like, oh, yeah, he wow. had a kid with this other woman. And um, so she's like, wait, what? And then so she started doing her own stuff. And that's how she ended up finding my birth mother. And my birth mother had said, I was always wanted to know what happened because it was this private adoption that I never felt comfortable about because if you have to think this is 1967 you're Mm -hmm. a a pregnant single woman who's essentially the adulteress right yeah and you don't there's a lot of just times very 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 different Mm -hmm. you know she's 20 years old so my birth father and her dad like totally arranged this adoption without her really having any idea she was sent away so her brother to this day has no idea she ever had a kid so at the adoption though, she just never felt right. And then when she went to later follow up on it, she asked the questions from what she was told. And it turned out that her dad and, and our, my dad had like told her a lie of basically what they were doing. Yeah. And it was a private, this private adoption. And uh, so she always felt, but she didn't know that mm-hmm. she just knew when she was trying to investigate it. Like there was no record of with the Lutheran family services, there was no record of an adoption. And she's like, but that's who it went. Right. So it was just crazy. And so she ended up connecting with my sister. And so they had very, like the information they had was all false information. And the person who knew was dead. So they couldn't, you know, go to that person and get, you know, new information. So they were trying to find out stuff, but it was very difficult. And as I said, the parents have no rights to get information. So she couldn't go to the hospital and 
you know, mm-hmm. everything. Cause as far as from the hospital was saying, there was like, Nope, no kid was born. It's like, no, I was my kid. I know that I was, you know, had a baby here, Yeah, but they can't release a record. Right. So she always felt this thing. And so what's crazy is my mom worked for a pediatrician at the time when I was young or mm-hmm. actually I wasn't, no, I wasn't born yet. Cause my mom had stopped working by the time I was born. So back way back when my oldest brother around his time, but she, this pediatrician was more like a father figure for her. She lived at his house. And when my dad courted her and once again, different times, he had to like come have martinis with this this guy to drink before he would be allowed to take my mom out on a date my dad would always joke about you know three martinis in and i'm gone and whatever but um because once again in the 50s you would drink three martinis at dinner no big Mm -hmm. deal but um so i was like and my dad was still around at this time and but he had parkinson's and he had a real, he was pretty, pretty advanced. So he had a really tough time communicating. He couldn't mm-hmm. really talk too well. But after, like, I started thinking about this thing about how it felt like it was a black market birth and or thing. And that's what she was thinking. And so I like called my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm not going to be mad, but I just have to ask, was Dr. Barnes, who was this doctor, was he involved in my adoption at all? Cause I knew my dad wouldn't be able to tell me the whole story, but I mm-hmm. could just, if he said yes, I'm like, all right, shady shit went down. Yeah. And once again, 1967 shady shit couldn't go down. And um, my dad's like, no, he was not involved. So I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like, it was your mom's uh, whatever gynecologist. <laughs> <gasps> okay. So, lo and behold, pretty much what I've, discovered is the gynecologist who or the obstetrician who delivered me was my mom's same and he's the one who coordinated the whole thing so i'm fairly certain yeah i'm a black like my parents not not to knock them whatever but they they basically they wanted to adopt a kid my dad birth father was kind of a shady guy so i'm pretty sure like he's like give me money and the kid's yours. Yeah. And because there's a private adoption and closed. So none of the records are around and based on everything I've learned, I'm pretty sure that's actually is. Yeah. When I'm a black market baby. So that's a story, man. Like, Oh my gosh. So are you, I mean, with your sister, I mean, it sounds like you're happy, right. To have this relationship. Oh yeah. Fantastic. My, uh, it's funny. We have like a, and you're asking about her. So she's married to the detective. They have a, uh, a daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a text chain. That's my daughter, her daughter and her. And the funny thing is my daughter has never met her daughter, but they text back and forward. And it's just a weird, and we're, you know, we're talking about the positive of technology and yep. things like mm-hmm. that. So that's where, you know, we, we have connectivity, whereas you go back 20 years, 30 years, maybe at this point, you wouldn't have had that. Correct. And, well, A, you wouldn't have had the genealogy, so it never would have happened. And then B, you just wouldn't have that ability to, you know, connect and get to know somebody who, you know, she still lives in Michigan. My daughter is in Arizona. And so, you know, but they still they're able to establish a relationship, have a relationship with each other. Right. Yeah. 
That's so amazing. Kinda, that is kind of cool. Well, I can't wait to listen to your podcast when you go more in depth. I mean, this was just mind blowing here. Yeah, there, so there's about I, six more layers of the craziness. So all in all, the one thing that really came out of it is I realized I am so fortunate, so happy to be, I've been adopted by my parents. I couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't have been better. You know, yeah. so a lot of people have that. Like my, my middle brother, I told you he was adopted. He always felt like he was missing something and he tracked down his birth parents and he met his birth mm-hmm. mother. And after he met them and he met his, his half siblings, he was like, wait, that's, that's not the answers. I thought, you know, meeting these people would give me all the answers yeah. and he didn't. And he, he, um, he unfortunately just passed away, but he always just felt this incompleteness where I've never felt it. Like I said, I didn't, I never, I did always feel like that certain aloneness because I didn't have that genetic match, but I never felt incomplete. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, and, it makes total sense. And so, yeah, so it was just very, very interesting how, how different it was. And so like I said, best thing that ever happened to me was getting a job because like I said, it, it's, it's funny. I'll just tell you um, one last story about a work. So we're, we're on this work retreat and it was all the, like the senior leadership and the, we're doing our stuff. And then we'd stop and then we'd have these like team building exercises. And then, you know, we do some work and we have a team building exercise and then we stopped. And one of the things we were supposed to do was say something from your childhood. That was, you know, this really challenging thing that you had to overcome that's, mm-hmm. you know, helped you. And so I'm like, crap. I had a great childhood, wow. right? Like I didn't, I don't, I, I look back and of course you have normal teenage thing, but I, I really, I have nothing to complain about. Right. So I'm just trying to think of something. I'm like, well, I remember when my parents decided to send me to boarding school, I was not like super thrilled because I had to leave my, you know, whatever school. How old were you? 13. Well, okay. I was 12. And then I was I turned 13, my, my birthday is in October. So I turned 13, whatever, a month mm-hmm. into school. So it's freshman year of high school. And, you know, so you go and start a whole brand new high school with people you don't know. Right. Um, it's a very elite school. So of course I'm all like, oh, I'm going to little Snobville, which ironically I look back at it. And then, you know, anyone who writes is like, oh crap, I am Snobville. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm the kid who gets the polo shirts and cuts them all off. But, um, <laughs> But so we're like, crap, you know, so I guess, you know, I did feel a little bit when they first were sending me away. I'm like, oh, they're sending me away, you know, woe is me. And then within two weeks of being at school, I'm like, this is the best thing ever because at 12 years old, I essentially started college and had all those fun things that most people have to wait until they're 18 to go experience. Mm -hmm. I started experiencing at 12 and I created these great, like to this day, these friendships that are just fantastic. Plus you got to. Like I said, you were essentially parentless out there it, having yeah. fun in your teenage years. Yeah, right? it doesn't Imagine sound that. like that would be awful. Right. <laughs> so, so you say, so I write, I write this down. My, you know, I had to, my parents sent me to boarding school. And so it came time to go. The moderator was like, okay, Eric, you go first. I'm like, so when I was, you know, 12 years old, my parents decided that they were going to send me to this elite board, boarding school. Okay. The next person goes and they were like, I, you know, my parent passed when they were two years old. Another one was like, 
I had an abusive parent or like all these like really oh, yeah. traumatic I'm thinking, I'm thinking things, of right? how I would respond. Yeah. And then here I am like, I am such an asshole. These people had real trauma in their life. And I'm like, my parents sent me to boarding school. <laughs> and that's like the biggest traumatic thing in my life. And so I feel once again, so fortunate. Yeah. But I like, I, I was like, yeah, if I wasn't first, I would have totally just made up something. <laughs> something so, I, yeah. so I would have felt like, right. And, the, and, and to put it even worse, after we get back and um, my boss goes to me, he's like, I finally figured out who you remind me of. I'm like, who? He's like, you know, in the office, Andy. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's not a compliment. He's like, <laughs> He's like, you know, Mr. Cornell, Mr. Puppy, whatever, <laughs> this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, yes, I know, but still. But yeah, so that was my uh, thing. But, you know, the, the point of the story is it does sum up the fact, like I said, being adopted was the best thing that ever happened because I look at now that I know the, like how my sister had to grow up. Um, I know how the other, like I know, you have visibility my life, into I have that. A, yeah. I have a basic idea of what my life could have been like. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, the worst thing that ever happened to me was I got sent to boarding school. Yeah. Right. Well, you're, um, yeah, you're very fortunate. And I don't think that that's anything to feel guilty about at all. No, it's just a terrible team building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, to- I, I agree with you. You're in right? HR, you know how it is, right? If, uh, First of all, I don't like team building stuff. I don't like being forced to share stuff. I, I'm an open book if you don't force me. But I would have probably thought the same. Like if I was going first with something like that, I would have been like, oh, crap. Or if I'm sitting there, yeah, sitting there, I'd be like, okay, I need to make something up because like, I need to be on par with like these people. Right. But yeah. I think you you don't often, as I said, when you were giving that example, I was like, oh, I easily know like right away what I would say. And it was not my parents sending me to boarding school, but I'm happy that somebody doesn't have like all of this traumatic crap that they have to work through that, you know, impacts them later in life. I'm, I'm happy for you that you had such a good life and that you had this little surprise that ended up being one of the best things that's ever happened to you. And it gives you such an interest. It gives you so many interesting stories to tell. Oh yeah. So I can't, I can't wait. When the, is the, that? Do you so know? Weir- when? I, I don't, but the weird thing about it too, is so after it happened, I was, I was um, in grad school and I told, you know, some of the, the people in my school about what happened and I'm surprised. It's not, it's crazy how many people, not this craziness of my particular story, but of these like unexpected blips that people find in their genealogy. Mm-hmm. There were there were at least five other people in my class who either someone in their family or someone they were very close with had a similar story where through the genealogy 23andMe found out about these unknown relatives that had been concealed from, you know, days past. Yeah, and it's not. So it's it's kind of it's, it's a very crazy thing out there. And so. As I said, even in just my little uh, network there, there's a bunch of other new blips that popped up that people were not aware of that they're That's discovering. That's so interesting. 
Stuff like that's so interesting. So I need, as I need, we'll go back to, we'll finish up with going back to Janelle Parrish. I just need her to get on my case. <laughs> and, and in her wardrobe. And what was the phone? It was a turquoise phone, yeah. right? Which I, I still didn't, I, I didn't keep it on my DVR. So I watched it, you know, my couple of times before I did the review and then I deleted it. So I still don't know what phone had such the impact on Sydney, but apparently that's other it. people, because I know you had made a comment and several other people reached out and like, I know that was the best phone ever. And <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't notice it at all. <gasps> That's so funny. Well, okay. So for anyone listening, anyone and everyone listening, how can they keep track of you? How can they stay up to date on what you have going on? So the best thing I would say is I would love if anyone who does like Hallmark um, mysteries to uh, listen to our podcast. I think it's really fun. You're talking about the chemistry where I, we just did the, uh, episode where we broke down the entire series for the crossword mysteries. We're just getting even better, I think, because where she, you know, she makes some comment, oh, you know, but everyone, all of us millennials, and I'm like, millennial, come on, I'm Gen X. And we have a little, you know, dig on each other's right. generations. And we just start having more fun with it. And a little more things where I don't want to say we don't necessarily agree, but there's a little more, I like this. Nope. I liked that. And I think it makes for a little more fun. Mm-hmm. So that's Hallmark Mysteries and Me or Hallmark Mysteries and Me Mysteries and more. Well, you you are a Hallmark Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Hallmark Mysteries and More is the podcast. It's also our Instagram. I will say since that's going and you have a podcast, you know how I was completely ill-prepared for how time-consuming oh, yeah. this is between coming up with the ideas, recording it, editing it, editing. publishing yeah. it promoting it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, I joke. It's like essentially my second job. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately I have a wonderful wife who's supportive. And even though she doesn't like Hallmark movies, you know, she's supportive and allows me to have the time and, you know, to do all this. So that's, that's fantastic. But our Instagram also, like I have the Hallmark movie reviewer, but I've been kind of negligent over there. I've um, noticed that it's a little, because all my time, but you're busy right. with this one and you yeah. have, there's a lot of interest and engagement. So, you know, we're talking about the um, DVR. I've got the last three Hallmark movies there that I have not watched. Whereas before I'd watch it and then I'd rewatch it. Like I'd watch it twice before Monday, first time just to watch it and enjoy it. Second time to pay attention to Mm -hmm. details and not really watch the movie, but dissect the movie. So by Monday I could do a review. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like on the Hallmark um, Movies Now app watching mysteries from 2004 yeah. and binging all these because like I say, we're watching Brennan Elliott. So I'm having to, we did, we did our crossword uh, mysteries deep dive this week and then we're interviewing him tomorrow. So I'm had to watch all those this week. Plus I'm his three flower shop mysteries. It's, so it's like all this stuff. Plus lot. I'm listening to other people's podcasts, interviewing him, you know, mm-hmm. so I can see, I don't want to ask the, same, ask the questions same questions yep. that he gets asked every single time. Yeah. You know, want to be a little bit different. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I would love to say, Hey, that's, cause that's really me. Whereas the Hallmark mysteries and more is both Sydney and me, but you only have so much time. Yeah. You all, I so. mean, that's what I was telling someone today. And I, I was telling my husband, you know, I mean, you and Dara and, and just all of the other podcasters, Dara too. I'm like, how does this woman have the time yeah. to do all of this? You know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm in awe 
And that is exactly why I do not coin myself as a movie reviewer because I know I just don't have the time, but that's why I enjoy you and Dara and others like you. And when I have thoughts, I share them, but that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's your guys's. Well, you also are still in motherhood when my kids are, you know, out of the house. So it's, I think if my kids were little still, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. It's a lot. I mean, like the other night I told my son who's five, every time you come into the bathroom, when I'm in here now, I'm going to charge you five bucks. He's like, I don't have five bucks. Well, you got to come up with it somewhere. I just want uninterrupted time. And so that's why like, it's nice when I'm in my office space because I have a hallmark on in the background and I can kind of, you know, keep tabs on that. But yes, when he gets older, it'll be a little, it'll be a little bit easier, but I do miss being able to like watch movies when they premiere. It was a nice thing to be able to do. Ah, well, thank you for coming on. It was really nice to chat with you and like, just meet you. I'm I'm wondering how long we've actually been chatting. Has it been over a year? It's been over a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy the the podcast is going well. I listen and I don't even watch the mysteries. So that has to say something. I appreciate I, it. Okay. So how crazy is that story about Eric and his newfound sibling and how all of that came about? Like I was tripping out when I heard him tease that a little bit on his podcast. And so I was like, I need to hear more which is why one of the reasons why I invited him on. So I cannot wait to hear the full story. I feel like we got the Reader's Digest version here and I need the unabridged version. So I cannot wait for that episode to hear more. And if you are on the edge of your seat and want those details, make sure you follow him because that's probably the best way that you are going to find out about that. So you can follow Eric at the Hallmark Movie Reviewer on Instagram. You can also subscribe to his channel on YouTube. If you want to listen to his podcast, if you love Hallmark Mysteries, if you just enjoy dry wit and sarcasm, you need to listen to the podcast. So the podcast is Hallmark Mysteries and More. You can follow them on Instagram and you can follow their podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast if you love it, rate it, leave a review. And if you loved this episode of my podcast, I would love to know. So you can send me a DM on Instagram at it's actually Christy or my happy feel good place because that is my hallmark oriented Instagram. You can also send me an email at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at awakentheextraordinary.com. And if you like my podcast, which I hope you do because you're listening and you made it to the end, you can rate it. You can leave a review. I hope you're subscribed. I hope you're following. If you're not, please do so now. And really, you rating the podcast, you leaving a review, that helps me. If you like the podcast, chances are someone else is going to like it too. And by you leaving a review, rating it, that helps push it to more people or so I hear. So please do that if you like me, if you really, really like me. And thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you so very much. And I will talk with you soon.